A recent F.T. Peterson poll puts it at two-thirds of Americans do not feel the benefits of the Wall Street rally. Are you one of them? Today we explore it and give me some truth. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. So today we have Clint, myself, and Mitch in the office uh, to discuss a very interesting uh, financial survey that was published, uh, and we'll put this on the uh, um, the link actually on the podcast as well, so people can read it if they want. Uh, we found it, Clint found it specifically in Financial Times, talking about how people feel about the stock market this year, and all of us were kind of blown away in different. Uh, for different reasons as to uh, the findings. So, Clint, what stood out to you, and why did you think that this was a good topic for our podcast? Well, they, they took the a poll of likely voters. So uh, one of the thing, things that is involved in this is whether or not you're a likely voter and you know whether you're a Republican or Democrat and your views on the stock market. But I thought most telling about it was the fact that, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of common knowledge that the stock market is up. Everybody knows that. And when they actually did a poll of these likely voters, it found that 61% of Americans said stock market mo- movements had little or no effect on their financial well-being. And only 39% said stock market performance had a very strong or somewhat strong impact. And you know, I do understand the fact that there are a lot of people that don't invest in the market, whether or not they have, uh, you know, it's due to income or whether or not it's it's due to uh, perhaps they're really young in their investing life cycle. But those numbers just seem to be shocking to me that, um, you know, the market really hadn't had a whole lot of influence and the awareness wasn't there either in the fact that the stock market was, was actually up. I had a similar reaction, Clint, when he sent that out to, because he sent it out to the entire team because it's such a fascinating survey and article, right? And, and I had the exact same response. Just the more stats that I read that were listed in this article, the more I kept thinking, wow, wow, wow. Like, are people just going down the, the clickbait traps, you know, of like, oh, the you know, stock market went down today and are they feeding off the negative headlines, you know? And it's just so interesting, all the thoughts that I had when I was reading people's perceptions, which looks like a lot of people clearly have, have no idea, at least in this poll, of what is actually happening in the U.S. stock market. That's exactly right. And I know, Nate, when you were writing some notes for this, you also wrote down something about the negativity and kind of, as Nate, as uh, Mitch was alluding to, the clickbaitiness of a lot of what our media is these days. Yeah, and I think that that's... That- is the reason, at least my perception of the um, results of the survey, uh, and I'll take one quick step back just to uh, kind of footnote this. So um, it was a poll of likely voters uh, for the Financial Times, and it was also in conjunction with the Peter G. Peterson Foundation, which let's just stop for a second. That has to be somewhat made up, right? Peterson. Peter G. Peterson? How's that possible? <laughs> is he like, does he head up the, the human fund? Is that is that his job? I mean, Sounds like something got a Ferris Bueller's it Day It completely off, right? does, yeah. doesn't it? Like if it's an ism. All right. Anyway, so this is a, this is a real survey and it's, it's in, you know, a, a real um, media outlet, Financial Times. Um, but yes, no, I, I was... Uh, the way that people uh, consume information regarding financial and and market related information is um, is always somewhat surprising to me and, and to us in this office. 
Uh, and partly it's because we read a ton of the stuff and we understand that, that very few people read a ton of the stuff, you know, and so we actually enjoy this stuff and it's, uh, um, it's probably an affliction of some sort that we all suffer from, but we actually enjoy this stuff and it's, it's interesting. And, and we, again, <laughs> understand that it's not everybody's favorite subject. However, what becomes really interesting for us is when we have these, um, divergent times of, you know, the market does X and people's perception is, you know, not <laughs> X one click to the left or one click to the right, but it's, you know, 50 clicks to the left or 50 clicks to the right of what actually is happening. And that's where we start to really kind of open our eyes and look at the data and go, wow, this is interesting how the perception is one thing and reality is completely different from that. The stock market, again, based on the the uh, the article, and we'll quote this to make sure that we're staying um, you know within the lines here. So the S&P 500, uh, broad benchmark, pretty good index of, of large U.S. companies, um, as of when this was written, up 24.2% for the year. Uh, the fact that 60% of the people thought that the market was flat or down this year when the S&P was up plus 24% is is uh, is pretty eye-opening. Well, and, and the party affiliations were very interesting, too. When you read it, it said that 58% of Republicans polled new equities had increased in value this year. I mean, that's still... A significant amount of people not knowing that equities had increased uh, over that year. So that means that 42% thought that they were flat or it declined out of Republicans. And then 25% of Democrats knew equities had increased in value this year. So, I mean, that's just a shockingly small number. And I'm not beating up on Republicans or Democrats. I'm just saying that's just a tiny number. Uh, when the market has been so good. And so I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the, the Trump factor of it, just saying like, hey, I, I don't like Trump, and therefore I think equities have decreased in value. But it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, that's just not even tied to, to reality, and it makes me think about all these different things that we need to do for financial education. And it's one thing to know where the S&P 500 is, right? If you were, heck, you could probably ask a lot of financial advisors, you know, what percentage is the S&P up on year to date? And people, they would know it's up, right? But I, I'm not surprised that people don't know how much it might be up or down or what direction, right? But I think the interesting thing too is the connection to their personal net worth, right? If you're actually participating in a 401k, if you have investments, retirement accounts, whatever it might be, right? Even just a brokerage account, there's a pretty decent chance that your portfolio is up this year, right? And that's that's your money. That's your assets, right? And it's bizarre, this link that, okay, one, people are wrong and they might not know that the market's up and a lot of the, the people that were surveyed here. But it's just a personal connection to, to you, your investments, your future. Now, I don't know if people were thinking, you know, when they say that their financial well-being hasn't changed, right? Because one of the, the questions, I'll try to read the response here. Um, six and 10 of those questions said that the stock market had little or no impact on their finances. So from a monthly budgeting or income perspective, that might be true, right? They still get their same paycheck. They probably haven't gotten a promotion or something. So everything's are, are as is monthly expenses, the same budgeting, the same. But when it comes to the long-term goals and savings and investing for some of these, these goals like retirement, it does have an impact. It absolutely has an impact. I mean, if your wealth goes up by you know, if you're not, even if you're not participating fully in the market, your wealth goes up by 15% uh, because you have a balanced portfolio. I mean, that's a significant impact in your finances. And I think it, I think it, it, 
is a great illustration of why investing correctly um, and, and kind of staying the course or whatever you know, um, uh, idiom you want to use is so hard because you look at a, a market that we had this year, right? And again, please understand, this is not us telling you that every index was up across the globe. It wasn't. This is not saying that you know this is the greatest time that we've ever seen in the market. It's not that. But this is a pretty darn good year in the market. But we don't look at good years like... We don't look at good years with the same amount of energy and interest and, and excitement as we look at the negative years when it comes to the amount of energy and, and frustration that we put into it. It's, it's, it's such an A... Um, it's so atypical in that way. And so I think that's why people have such a hard time investing because the down markets feel so negative, but the up markets are so lacking in euphoria. It's just, you don't, I mean, most people this year in the survey, and I would say that the survey is probably a relatively good representation of, of, of the, the, uh, uh, the population out there. I mean, if you're not feeling great with a market like we've had this year, then there's no way you're going to be able to balance out when the market is down 24.2%, like it was up 24.2%. I mean, imagine how many headlines you would see right now if the market had lost, S&P 500 had lost 24.2% this year. Well, think about where we were a year ago. Right. Like a year ago at this time, right. everyone was feeling terrible. We were on the cusp of a recession. Right. Worst December we were, the market's ever had. Ever. Yeah. was last year. And, and those are so many headlines, and that was a fact, and then... All of a sudden, January just turned around. And, you know, what's changed in the economy between a year ago and right now? A little bit, but not a ton. I mean, and some may argue that we have more headwinds than tailwinds with the trade conflicts that we've had and all of that. And this is an extremely resilient economy. November jobs report came out not too long ago, and that looks strong. Beat the estimate. Job report is great. I mean, our economy is very strong right now. Um, so, and it has been the last really 36 months, it's been very strong. Uh, and there's a variety of factors on that. It's not just due to somebody that's in the white house or not in the white house, but, um, our economy has just been really good. And it looks like going into 2020, it looks pretty good as well. I mean, I, I don't see a lot of recession sitting there. And I think that this study tells us though, that, that there isn't that sort of euphoria felt by the public. Right. Well, think of the, think of it this way. So. If you're in the middle of a down market, and December last year is a great example because it was just it was literally you know 31 days of <laughs> of pain. I mean, it was I don't know that there were very many updates. It'd be interesting to look back and see how many updates do we it's have in bad. December last year. But how many news articles, how many um, news broadcasts, how many newspaper headlines did we see in December talking about a bad market? I mean, it it, it was you know you were into double digits after a few days, right? Think of this entire year. How many news broadcasts, news headlines, or newspaper headlines have you seen screaming about how great the market is? I, I think most people probably say zero, maybe one or two. But in one month last year, you probably saw 50 negative ones. Oh, we were going into recession. 50 For negative sure, ones, you read in, the, the you know, right, in, in my prognostic or my you know, memory of this, as opposed to literally one, two, three, maybe positive ones. And so, again, that's the reason people, they ask us a lot. Hypothetically, or um, rhetorically, but but they actually do want the answer in some cases. Why do I feel so bad in a down market? It's because you don't feel very good in an up market. That's why, because you don't have the balance. There's no the the yin and the yang is not there because you're not getting the the dopamine on the up market, but you're feeling all of the pain and the ug- ugliness on the down market. That's why this is so hard for people because up markets feel okay, pretty good. Things are going pretty well. 
no, they're killing it right now, but we don't feel it that way. But nobody needs to be told when the market's falling by 24%. Well, it's interesting. Another number here, too, and it's all about people's perceptions, it looks like, in this survey, right? Because another number is 31% of Americans surveyed believe that they are now worse off financially than they were at the start of Mr. Trump's presidency. That's what it says. Uh, similarly, the 32% said they were better off. So about the same amount of people said that they were better off as they're worse off than everyone else was kind of in between, no change in their financial position. So that's about a third of people saying over the last couple of years they're actually worse off. And this is in an economy where we're pretty much at the all-time low unemployment. I mean, people are, maybe you've heard of people ghosting job interviews because there's so many, you know, it's, employees are valuable, right? And the people that are in the labor force are valuable and they have so many interviews apparently that they can just ghost interviews where they just don't show up. That's the thing that I've been hearing about and reading about in the interview, right? So I just, I really have a a tough time getting inside of some of these people's heads. I'd like to get in their heads. We can't, right? We can just read the, the data and interpret the survey. But yeah, it, it's an interesting fact there that stood out to me. Well, I think there's a couple different spots where you could find some commonality in things and that, that statistic that you said, Mitch. I wonder if uh, Trump's strongly approve and strongly disapprove numbers are right around that 31%. Ah, there's got to be a correlation, So there could right? be a correlation there. The other correlation, and I kind of alluded to it in the survey, uh, you know, the people that are on the bottom end of the wage, wage spectrum might not be feeling that because their 401ks aren't up because they may not have a 401k. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you get surveyed there, that could be one part of it there. You didn't participate in that, that great wealth appreciation. And secondarily, uh, you know, if you are earning you know, $30,000 a year and you get a 3% raise, it might not be meaningful enough for your finances. If your property taxes just went up and, and all of this, uh, you know, that might be real tough for somebody there. Whereas a 3% raise for somebody earning $300,000 might not be as meaningful an, an impact for them. So, and, and we understand that there's a lot of things, whether it be politically or, um, you know, just some of the, some of the, ugliness that does exist within our industry. We're, we're not blind to that. We're cognizant of that completely. Um, but what we are saying is you don't have to love your dance partner, um, you know, in every case within life, but you have to understand the, the times when it does pay you off and when it does give you that rate of return that's almost impossible to find anywhere else. I mean, we, we, we like to say somewhat tongue in cheek. I mean, there's not another, there's not another game in town really when it comes to growing 401ks, growing IRAs. I mean, yeah, you can maybe try to dabble in, you know, physical real estate or fine art or whatever it might be. But I mean, when you're talking about conventional investments, I mean, the, the market is kind of the only game in town and you don't have to love it. But what we are saying is that when you get years like this, we have to recognize that it, it did have a significant impact on your personal finances, if you had money in the market and if you had your retirement accounts there, it 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 gave you a massive step in the right direction in terms of how quickly you can retire, how comfortably you can retire, how how much margin of error you have in your financial plan. These are the years where the market does pay us off because we hear a lot of times when the market falls in value, you know, in 08 or 09 or December of last year. You know, the market never seems to go up. Well, this is a year where it happened, and this is one where we just need to take a step back and look at it and go, okay, I don't have to love the market to understand what it did for me and my family personally uh, and what it did to our finances. 
We may be back with another uh, episode on this article. We may not. We'll see where it goes. But don't uh, don't doubt that this is uh, that this is not the last time we've talked about this subject. We will continue to try to find interesting topics and interesting articles, interesting surveys, and put those in front of people. Uh, what we want people to walk away from this podcast with is, if nothing else, just step back and think about it for a couple minutes. See how it hits your ear. See how you react to it. Whether you agree, whether you don't agree. Um, Ultimately, we just wanted people to have a better understanding from a statistical measurement of kind of what the thought was out there about the market this year and, you know, what the actual numbers were. So uh, we look forward to talking to you on the next uh, episode of Give Me Some Truth. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Boniwaz are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.